Hey, what's up? You know you're only hearing half of the show, right? And it's being indiscriminately uh, interrupted with these sales pitches because we just don't know how else to get your attention and get you over there. Uh, our website, our podcasts are 100% listener-funded. Uh, they are funded with your subscriptions, so if you could please do that. Uh, help us out, therightstuff.biz slash paywall. Thanks. Hello, everybody. It's the Allen and Warren Report, Episode 4. We're recording this Saturday night, October 21st, 2023. Good evening, everyone. Well, they're going to see this in the morning, so. Well, uh, good morning, everyone. Yeah, happy Sunday. Um, we just got done watching Biden's Oval Office address. It's actually only the second Oval Office address that he's ever given since he uh, since he became president. In three years, that's, that's really uh, something. And, uh, yeah, what do you think of it? Well, it's just, you know, you can over, overthink this stuff. It's, it's actually very simple. It's just a liar. Uh, he's just doubling down on old lies, telling new lies, saying things that are okay, but all his actions, all the, all the U.S. actions are doing the opposite you know, about respecting the Palestinians' dignity and, uh, you know, their the, the right to homeland and all. I mean, just talk. I mean, I was in 10th grade uh, in 1968, and they were talking about, you know, peace talks and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's just the same thing for literally decades and decades and decades. The good things they say mean, you know, it, there's nothing to back it up. They do the opposite. And then they just lie. You're repeating the lies about uh, it wasn't Israel that bombed that hospital, uh, you know, about all the Hamas atrocities, you know, and then then uh, evoking the, the, oh, the Jews once again, you know, the horror of, you know, being uh, murdered women and children and all this stuff. You know, the poor Jews, poor Jews, poor Jews, when they've been doing this to the Palestinians for decades. Um, it, it's very hard to watch because it's just... And then Biden, I mean, really looks like he's punch drunk. I mean, you just... He, he has very slurred speech. He he acts... Uh, it's just something, something's not right with the guy. But, you know, that's not a pass because, for him because... He's he's so evil. He served evil for so long. He's it's like on automatic pilot now. It's just like a a guy that's not all there anymore. But he's he's still you know he's just reading the script that the Sanhedrin hands him, and uh, he's on automatic pilot at this point. I think. Yeah. Well, he he really uh, it's it is astounding how he. Um, how in, in what rough shape he he's in he you know this this oval office address it couldn't be easier he's sitting down he's sitting at a desk he doesn't have to be standing at a podium so he's sitting down and he's got a teleprompter in front of him so all he has to do is sit there and read the teleprompter and he can't do it he can't do it without without slurring his speech saying things wrong screwing up words the, the the wincing, the constant sort of wincing has become, I mean, this is late stage Biden because he didn't used to do this. It's clearly some kind of side effect of, of Botox injections or, you know, basically stuff to, to make him anti-aging stuff that makes him like the, the, this this perpetual like weird wince. 
But as far as his rhetoric, what's remarkable to me is how consistent it is with everything we've heard from the United States for, for decades, actually for almost the better part of a century. Um, I will say that Biden or at least the people behind Biden and what he represents. But, I mean, I'm also going to attribute it to him. He knows who and what he is, and he knows who and what he believes in. He does have a worldview and an ideology. You know, Emily and I did a show uh, for Modern Politics called The American Ideology, where we broke this down and we showed how the stuff that's being preached now you know, the woke stuff that comes out of the, the multiracialism and the anti-fascism, anti-Nazism and freedom and all this. You go back to the early days of the Cold War and they were saying the same, the same exact things, even the anti-racism. And actually, if you go back to World War II, the propaganda during the Second World War and the Roosevelt administration, it's also exactly the same stuff. So I will give Biden credit as far as that goes, that his ideology is incredibly consistent. And I think that this is where um, people like Trump run into trouble because you you can't really critique Biden and what he represents without critiquing the American Zog ideology as a whole. Like if you want to do conservatism or populism or America first or all this in the context of, you know, you're, you're still, you're still preserving the core founding myths of the, not of the country, but of the ideology. Cause the Republic was, was not a multi, it was not founded to be a multiracial uh, hodgepodge. And, uh, a lot of the stuff that's, that's really prevalent in the American ideology, the worldview of, of Zog is stuff that is post-World War One or even post-World War II. But if you hold that uh, racism is this ultimate evil that we've overcome, that we've had nothing but progress, uh, that the Civil Rights Movement was all progress, the Civil Rights Act was all progress, that we are a multiracial state, that, that fascism is evil and that we fought a righteous war against it, um, if if you hold that we, this country represents freedom, uh, or that individualism is something that's that's valuable, or capitalism, I mean, if you cling to these core ideas, then what follows from that is Joe Biden and his whole regime. Uh, it's it's the logical natural extension of eighty years or more of this same worldview, the same foreign policy. So you can't, I don't think you can really attack it without attacking the whole thing. Well, well he, you know, he can get away with that because it's the only microphone. Uh, I'd be, I bet you you could take any person that comes to one of our NJP meetings, mass meetings, just picks anybody out of the audience and give them a microphone to counter what he was saying and they do a fine job, let alone any of our spokesmen. Uh, he, he he gets away, you know, and it was this stuff like uh, America's still a beacon to the world, you know, everybody's look, looking to America to, like, step in and help them with, you know, uh, attain their freedom and democracy and protect them, and, and man, what good guys we are. We're st still great guys. And, I mean, it's just such bullshit on high that 
like anybody that knows anything could debunk it. But you can't even, you know, you can't even get on, on, on Twitter or X or whatever the hell they call it or, or Facebook or something and do it, let alone have an, have an audience, you know, of millions. So that's why they can do it. They can say, it. and there still are millions of Americans, unfortunately, a lot of boomers that sit there and listen to that and, Oh, well, yeah, he, Biden, the president said. Now, a lot of them ha- hate Biden because he's a Democrat and he's, you know, they're Trump people. But like you said, uh, even even Fox News or, uh, you know, Trump's critiques are weak uh, because they're the, 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 the real foundation of this evil, they won't touch either. They're, they're just as much for it as, as Biden is. So, so there you have it. It's like they can sit there and just talk this garbage and get away with it because there isn't any meaningful opposition for people to hear. Well, I want to go through, I actually, okay, I brought up the text from the whitehouse.gov and I want to go through just a couple things with it because like I said, it's, it, I, I do think it's silly to um, make too much of a joke out of Joe Biden. I mean, he is laughable, but, but his, um, you can kind of take him at his word with some of it. A lot of it's lies and bullshit, but some of it is, is, like I said, you can just take it at its word, and I, I don't see his opponents doing that. For all this uh, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden this, Joe Biden that, and all the rage against Joe Biden in the media, it's amazing how like Fox News and the Republican Party and even Donald Trump, they don't actually challenge the fundamental assertions that Biden's making. You know, they just say he's doing a piss poor job or, or something like that. You know, he started out saying we're facing we're facing an inflection point in history. One of those moments where now this is probably written for him by some Jew, undoubtedly. I mean, for sure he didn't write it himself. A pan- and and a panel of Jews. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, but, but but for sure, like a Jew, a Jew wrote this. But he says we're facing an inflection point in history. One of those moments where the decisions we make today are going to determine the future for decades to come. And that's true. That's absolutely true. The overall sense you get. You know, he kept saying stuff like, we're still America. We're still the United States of America. The sense you get is of, and partly this is the the decrepit impression that he gives, but the impression you get is of a, uh, the last days of an empire. You know what I mean? Like the sun setting yes. on an empire. Yes. It's it's like you get and and the appeal to the old empire. It 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 really is like the last days of the Soviet Union. You know, still talking about Lenin and Marx and and the Great Revolution. Yes. And it or or maybe in the waning days of the Ottoman Empire. You know, when it was on its last legs. You you get the sense of and again part of that is just the the impression Biden makes personally, physically, but also I think it's his worldview. I mean, Biden is still of this. The, the phrases that he uses, uh, they're so shop-worn. It, it's just. And he seems to know that they are. Yeah, like, yeah. There, there seems to be a self-awareness that they are. Like, and, and they're just doubling down. They're doubling down. It, it really is like a, uh, I mean, they're starting to lose it. The military, you know, I'm seeing these ads for seniors of like, you know, join the military and then they're, they, they, they want to get all these seniors in to do all the kind of stuff that uh, you can still do when you're, you're, you know, 70 years old if you're in halfway decent shape. And, and so they can, you know, relieve some of the personnel because they're, they're hard up for, for, you know, cannon fodder, you know. And, I mean, it, on, on every front, it's, it's like, you, you know, the thing's falling apart 
and they're just doubling down. It really is like a like a, like a boxer that when you when you watch a fight and you see a guy doing real good the first couple rounds, and then the then the other fighter kind of figures him out, and you start to see the fight turn, and then then it totally flips, and the guy that was winning the first few rounds is now getting the shit beat out of him. But he just keeps fighting the same because he, he, he just can't make that change. He can't realize that now I'm getting beat up. This isn't working anymore. He just doubles down on what he was doing when he was winning the first couple rounds and he ends up losing the fight. That, that's what, that's politically, I think that's what's happening. But it, it kind of makes sense for them to do that though. I mean, I have to well, say, yeah, what else well, I mean, I, again, Biden is nothing if not consistent. I mean, he, what does he do when, I mean, this is, we say, Zog, Zionist-occupied government, uh, lapdogs to the Jews, right? So what does Biden do? When Israel gets attacked, he drops everything after Israel bombs a hospital, and we're going to talk about that because now they've, they've gone with, it's a classic example of the big lie. They've gone within, like, the space of three days. They've gone from, oh, well, maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't Israel, maybe it was to now, oh, look at the, the the woke lying media, the liberal media that tried to blame this on Israel when it was a Hamas lie that it was, I mean, now they're filled with moral outrage over the lie that they bombed this hospital. When there's, when there's independent organizations now coming out, uh, this one we'll talk about said that uh, for sure Israel did it. But, but again, none of that was clear. How, how many people were they saying... It was four hundred and seventy some. Because I'm seeing reports now. They're trying to downball. They're trying like to lowball that eighteen and stuff like that. No, 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 no. They're trying they're to low. Going. No, no, no. You're looking at something else. They're trying to lowball it. They're trying to say, oh, it's probably two to three hundred. And it was, you know, the official statement was four hundred and seventy some. So about five hundred. But the point is that this was not. Uh, the narrative has shifted on that thanks to the big lie technique. The narrative narrative has shifted. To where Israel, or the, the defenders of the Jews, I should say, are now claiming moral outrage. And, and this is yet another example of the perfidy of Hamas and the, and the liberal media, the lying media, and, and the media's pro-Palestinian bias. I mean, this is what they're doing. But none of that was, the, the narrative hadn't shifted when Biden left for Israel. When Biden left for Israel, it was still like the popular opinion was still that Israel did it. And he just goes over there, so the guy goes right to the Jews right to the Jews, and kisses the ring and pays tribute in person to Israel. That's what I say. He's nothing if not consistent. And I don't think, uh, I think both Israel and Zog more broadly, this this American regime, uh, are in a situation where really they have to just kind of tough it out. They have to circle the wagons and, you know, I mean, just pull up the, the, the ladders, you know, and, 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 and like really just double down. They have to double down on what they're doing. They have to power through this. They have to just brute force it and power through this. And that's why I say Biden's not showing any kind of wavering or weakness. Hey, you're still listening to only half the show? Get behind the paywall and get the rest of the story. Go to the rightstuff.biz slash paywall and choose the subscription model that works best for you. And don't forget, Every Tuesday evening, there is an Odyssey stream where Sudden Sun will take your donations through a credit card or a debit card in exchange for a subscription. You have no idea how much content you're missing. Go to the rightstuff.biz slash paywall and let's fix that. On his position. He's just like, America, I serve the Jews. 
This is a Jewish world empire. We are in charge. We are in charge of the world. I mean, he says this line, in the, and I'll get to it, where the world looks for American leadership. America is the leader of the world, basically. I mean, that, how is that any different than saying, you know, world domination? We, we want world domination, or we claim the right to world domination. That's basically what he's saying. But, again, I, it, it seems like it seems like he's not uh, he's not worried about the perception that Jews run America or that Jews commit atrocities or that his administration is run by Jews or that America is trying to take over the world. It's like his whole reaction to this thing has been a total embrace of all those positions and a kind of attitude of like, what are you going to do about it? What's the world going to do about it? You know, like we, we you know, we, you know, it's like that speech from uh, the Iron Heel where the guy says power is how we, 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 we rule. You know, that famous oh, yeah, speech yeah. where he's like, yeah. he tells the, the, the industrialist, the capitalist, uh, tells the, the union guy, the revolutionary, that, that, you know, if you, uh, win at the ballot, what if we don't turn it over? You know, and we're gonna just crush you with force because we have the power and we're gonna hold on to power and we're just gonna crush you. And the revolutionist, uh, the unionist guy, the socialist, he says, you know, well, power is how we're gonna crush you. You know, we're gonna get the power and we're gonna defeat you. And that's really, uh, that seems to be the position. You know, it'll be interesting to see. He mentioned how he sent in a bill to Congress to ask for all this money for Israel and Ukraine. What is it, $10, 10 billion or something? $105 billion. Oh, wow. I, I gotta, I'm reading the wrong, I'm getting the wrong statistics. Well, I think they but, said $10 billion for Israel. And, but then a hundred and, uh, you know, $90 billion, $95 billion for others. Well, I, I could just see it now. There'll be Republicans that are that are going to like drag their feet with Ukraine and say, "Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, that should all go to Israel." But not, watch how fast the the Israel aid passes, with you know, on yeah. on, on both sides of the aisle, so called. Uh, I mean, and it, this is a time when, I mean, our is it, you know it's because oh Hamas invaded uh, Israel's borders, you know, our borders are wide open have been wide open uh they're they're they've cut back on on uh uh you know fuel uh rebates for 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 people uh poor people older people for the winter uh they, they've cut that fund way down they've cut down food stamps i mean they they you know that there's not still nothing but shit jobs out there for people uh i mean infrastructure falling apart in this country, that these are sums of money that they're sending over there, and and Republicans don't even seem to be bringing that up. They're right. not bringing that up if it's you know if Israel comes first. That's all there is to it. Right. Well, I have a whole bunch of articles here. One of the ones that I saw was that they are actually uh, taking, um, they are taking um, artillery that was m- meant for Ukraine, and they're shipping it straight to Israel, which is kind of funny. Um, this is the way, this is the way it goes. Let me see if I can find this. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, they're just moving the, they're moving the, st- yeah, here it is. This is from, uh, antiwar.com, which by the way is everybody go on that website. I mean, I'm going to, for the next, like probably four or six weeks, I'm just going to be using antiwar.com for my show content. There's so much good stuff there. 
U.S. to send Israel artillery shells initially bound for Ukraine. The U.S. is sending Israel tens of thousands of 155-millimeter artillery shells that were designated for Ukraine, Axios reported on Thursday. Israeli officials requested the artillery shells as they prepared for a ground invasion of Gaza and worried about an escalation with Hezbollah and possible possibility of a northern front. Um, <laughs> so earlier the year, the U.S. began dipping into a weapons stockpile it has in Israel to ship more artillery shells to Ukraine. But according to Axios, Israel has requested the U.S. replenish its stockpile of ammunition in Israel in case the Israeli military needs them on short notice. The U.S. agreed to the request and is expected to send the 155-millimeter shells in the coming weeks. That's a big surprise. The U.S. stockpile in Israel is controlled by the U.S. military. But under the arrangement, Israel can use the ammunition in a war scenario with U.S. approval and was granted access during the 2006 Lebanon War. Uh, Israel has been using more 155-millimeter shells since the October 7th attack as it has fired artillery into Gaza and Lebanon during skirmishes with Hezbollah. The demand will increase significantly if Israel launches its expected ground invasion of Gaza. Um, The transfer of shells initially bound for Ukraine to Israel raises questions about the U.S. military's ability to provide weapons and ammunition for the two wars. According to the Pentagon, the U.S. has so far provided Ukraine with over 2,155,000-millimeter artillery shells. So so they're, they're, they're shuffling this stuff around back and forth. It's pretty funny. But, um... Anyway, this White House, uh, let me find the White House statement again. There was like just a couple more things. That, that might be the one place you can find a good job in the arms industry. Oh, well, but, but that was a big part of Biden's speech. You saw that? He said that in the, in the thing about, and they're made in America. And just like, you know, he basically invoked Rosie the Riveter. He was like, and, and there's a whole article on Politico today about how Biden's making an America first pitch to like the domestic arms industry. Like this is, he said, good, good paying jobs in Pennsylvania and places like that. Well, I know when I was driving a truck, these military loads, it was, you know, you had to pass all the security and stuff. And a lot of them were just strictly teams. But if you're hauling uh, ammunition or explosives for the military, those those loads were paying like three times what anything else was pay- paying. Guy, guys were hauling those loads; they weren't even lo- they weren't weren't even looking for a, a a load to come back and get another. They were just deadheading right. a thousand miles to come back and get another one of those loads because that's how much right. they paid. Yeah. But yeah, so Biden starts out his statement. Uh, earlier this morning, I returned from Israel. I mean, that's it's again. He's just like I am a servant of Zog, you know. I am a servant of 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 uh, the Dark Lords of of of, of Tel Aviv. War criminals. Yeah. He, he says. I mean, again, the subservience to Israel. They're not trying to hide. And he says they tell me I'm the first president, American president, to travel there during war. So, in other words. He, rather than present himself as even-handed or I'm not controlled by Jews, he's trying to prove to the Jews that I am the most pro-Israel uh, one of all of them, and he and he's trying to out he's trying to out Zionist Trump, which is another interesting thing. Like I think that's a big part of Biden's strategy. There's another article we'll get to on that, where it's basically like Biden is trying to show now that that even the hard core Likudis would be wiser to back him than Trump. Well, he's got his work cut out for him. He's trying to outdo Trump on that score. Well, I mean, he's he's doing it, though. He's doing it. I mean, I think, like, right now, because Trump is on the outs with Netanyahu right now. That's the, that's the one thing. Trump and Netanyahu had a falling out. Um, 
But anyway, he goes through and he talks about blah, 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 the Americans, citizens. Um, and I noticed it's funny, the American citizens angle, Americans being held captive by Hamas. You notice how they're not pushing that too strongly? Yeah. They're not playing that up no. as a propaganda line. And it's because they know that if they do, all it will do, if they start highlighting the individual Americans... And the two of them were just released by Hamas. But if they make too big a deal out of these, like, 30-some Americans held by Hamas, it'll start, people will start to, they'll look at them, and it won't be like, uh, you know, Joe the Plumber. It'll be like, okay, these are Israelis that have American citizenship. You know, you're calling them Americans, but they're Shlomo, the diamond dealer. Right, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. So were, were those two actually released or, yeah, or yeah, they, they attempt. They, they were going to release them, and the, and the Israelis turned it down because for some reason they they, they, they were released. I think. Let me uh, hostage. Let me. I I saw that. I, the, just, I heard a Hamas spokesman on there talking about how uh, you know they they they, they turned it down because they didn't they've want, been freed. They uh, been, yeah, they have been freed. Uh, yeah, and Israel was well. Israel was saying that that was lies. Two American hostages captured during the militant group Hamas have been released, the Israeli Prime Minister's office announced Friday. Judith Renan and Natalie Renan, mother and daughter from Illinois, visiting family in Israel when they were abducted by Hamas on October 7th. Um, uh, The elder Renan, also known by her Hebrew name, Yehudit, is an operating room nurse. Her daughter recently graduated from high school and was taking a gap year to travel. According to Sari Cohen, Renan's sister, who spoke with the Israeli public broadcaster Khan, uh, and it was facilitated by the International Committee for the Red Cross, and the two were received at the border by the Israeli military, at the border of the Gaza Strip. Um, but anyway, I, I, they're not overly emphasizing the stories of the Americans, I think, because uh, it, it would shine a spotlight on this phenomenon of dual citizens. But one thing that Biden, okay, so he talked, he invokes the Holocaust. The Jewish people know perhaps better than anyone there's no limit to the depravity of people when they want to inflict pain on others. And he's talking about all the Israelis. And he says Hamas doesn't speak for the Palestinians and their right to dignity and self-determination. Talking about innocent Palestinians, blah, blah, blah. And then he tries to tie it back to Putin. The assault on Israel echoes nearly 20 months of war, tragedy, and brutality inflicted on the people of Ukraine. Badly hurt since Putin launched his all-out invasion. Again, comparing Russia, which has the largest nuclear stockpile on Earth, more than the United States. Russia, I think, has over 6,000 nukes, right? And one of the strongest militaries on Earth. And you have Ukraine, which is a smaller country. And, And the narrative there is of this big, big evil empire, Russia, you know, brutally invading little Ukraine defending itself. And he's trying to draw an analogy between that. He's saying it reminds him of the assault by Hamas, like Hamas is like a big, powerful empire storming into little Israel. I mean, again, the the underdog thing, it doesn't even apply to Ukraine because when you see how Ukraine's been funded by the West, it's not an, really an underdog at all because it's got the whole NATO, everything, well, I mean, Everything, the whole West is backing it. But, you know, on paper, Ukraine is definitely an underdog compared to Russia. But, I mean, the people of Gaza, the Hamas in Gaza, is such a ridiculous 
like David and Goliath underdog to Israel. And what's funny is the only thing that they have in common is they're two Jewish states. Zelensky, Jew. Netanyahu, Jew. You know, that's the only thing that they have in common is that they're two. And again, this is why I say it's right there between the lines. I mean, how can anyone not... It's it's just this is the Jew world order versus everybody who's not in the Jew world order or who's an enemy of the Jew world order. Biden is as much saying it. He's as much saying it. This is the Jew world order. It's funny. I don't know. It's just really funny that um, comparison. And uh, he says Hamas and Putin represent different threats, but they share this in common. They both want to completely annihilate a neighboring democracy. Completely annihilate. So it's funny. He still can't say the actual thing that I just said. He still has to cloak it in some kind of like democracy thing, as if what Zelensky has in Ukraine is a democracy. It's a fucking military dictatorship. And what Israel is doing, I mean, is genocidal. Well, what's, what's like, a, uh, the scale of the atrocities, the, the stuff that's coming out of uh, Gaza. I mean, you know, bomb, they, I saw where they bombed the, the, the only uh, uh, bakery that was still like making bread. They, oh, they're deliberately they targeting that. bakeries. I saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they bomb, you know, bombing hospitals, you know, churches, mosques, uh, schools, and these pictures of, of little toddlers, little babies, dead, horribly wounded, uh, and it's just, you know, Biden like like doesn't doesn't mention it. He, he doesn't mention it, and it's just like, I mean, anybody else, any place else in the world. Uh, where that would be going on, there would be such condemnation, and the UN would be going in there. And you know, that's the other thing: UN, you know, uh, you know, looking into war crimes and all this. So, what are they going to do about it? What What the hell good's a UN if they can't do anything about these kind of blatant war crimes? Uh, what the hell good are they? It, it's It's just uh, they're totally totally useless. And now uh, there was an article about. Israel's trying to close down Al Jazeera's uh, the the bureau in, in in Israel. I guess they have a a, a bureau there. They're, I think it was a, a, a German press said something about Sven needs me to sign up for a paywall subscription at the slash paywall Okay, Sven, I'm your number one guy. I'll do it. They're the only large news organization with. Uh, reporters on the ground in Gaza, you know, right. so, and the Jews are saying that, oh, they're, they're, they're just it's like Hamas propaganda. Uh, Hamas propaganda. So they're trying to make it difficult for Al Jazeera to report from Gaza because they're like the only ones getting that side of the story out. Of course. Well, that's the other thing they've taken to now just saying everything is Hamas propaganda is terrorist propaganda and shutting it down. Um, let me keep going though with this Biden statement because there's some other interesting stuff here. Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people, he says. Well, Hamas was elected by the Palestinian people in Gaza, so I mean, how do they not represent the Palestinian people? Like that doesn't make any sense. And and the other thing is because they don't like the way the election turned out. Yeah, and if Gaza if Gaza didn't want Hamas, if the people of Gaza didn't want Hamas running Gaza, they could get rid of them really really fast. You know, like that's that's not. That's been the, the amazing thing with this is how you, why don't you see protests in Gaza against Hamas? You launched this war that's killing all our people. You 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 brought this hell down on us. 
Where is that? Where are those protests? You did don't. You, did you see the films of the massive protests in Jordan? I, I didn't. I saw. I've been. Seeing I mean, it, it was unbelievable. I mean, I'm talking about like a sea of people that just as far as you could uh, you see from you know, uh, and they were chow- They were chanting stuff like uh, they say Hamas are terrorists, and, and it says all of Jordan is Hamas. All really? of Jordan is Hamas. And if you were the uh, I mean, if you were that Jordanian king and those people, they, they had to be very nervous. I mean, it was a, it was one of the biggest crowds I think I've ever seen, and they were really, you know, coming out totally for Hamas. Well, Biden, in this speech, he says, Hamas uses Palestinian civilians as human shields. I mean, I am so sick of hearing that. When you hear, here's the thing, I think everybody in this audience gets it now, but when you hear them use that term human shields, that is basically them preemptively giving themselves the right to kill civilians. That's what that means. It's when you say, oh, they're using their own people as human shields. I've been saying this for years. That is a thing that means we are absolved of killing civilians now because any civilian who is killed, and we saw Alan Dershowitz as much say this in that debate with, with Cornell West, any civilian that we kill, is their fault, Hamas's fault, for using them as human shields. So so get the logic here. We go out and we kill a civilian, an unarmed person, women, children, elderly people. We go and kill them. And then that shows, when we kill the civilians, that shows how evil Hamas is for using those civilians as human shields. That's how that, that means the Jew cries out in pain as he strikes you. That it's, whole, it's not because... Not because we put a missile in a hospital. No. No, it's because they were human shields used by Hamas. Well, this is, I mean, again, there is no, this is like, um, this is like that, um, what's that famous Truman, was it Truman Capote, the, the, uh, the, the in cold blood, uh, the, the famous, uh, killings in the 50s where the couple, where the, the killers broke in and they made a couple of movies about it. Yeah. They murdered a whole family, two, two, two criminals murdered a whole family. Yeah. It's like, and they, they, ta- they, they took the whole, they robbed the family, they put them in the basement, and then they cut all their throats, and, and the father and all the rest of them. Now, that would be like those guys, those killers, saying, when they're put on trial, saying, this shows how evil the father was of that family, that he used his own family as human shields. When we went in, they, you know, we we had to kill them because the father was using them as human shields, and that shows how evil the father was, and that's why we had to go in. We had to go into the house and kill the father because he was so evil that he used his own family as human shields. That's the equivalent of the moral, like t- twisting in knots, tying in pretzels, and for Joe Biden to say this, human shields, crap. I mean, basically, you could say this. You could say this about anybody. I mean, you could say this to to you know, uh, Babi Yar. You know, like they claim thirty thousand Jews were shot in the pit in in Babi Yar. Well, oh, well, you know, the Soviets were using them as human shields. You know what I mean? Like literally, there's not one scenario where you couldn't justify killing civilians and then morally you blame it on the opponent. Oh well, they were using them as human shields. I mean, there's no Pol Pot. You know, could say that. Oh, oh, my enemies were using the people as human shields. You know, that's what the, that's what that is. 
it's just this is the the moral uh i don't know the the upside down world that these I mean, people how, live how in. the german with the, the warsaw ghetto i mean they were in there how many germans were killed putting that down I mean, they didn't. They didn't just sit back and just level the whole thing. Uh, they they went in there and were were rooting out the the, the Jew, Jewish resistance, uh, house to house, uh, door to door, and, and a lot of them, you know, were killed. Uh, I don't know how many it was, but it was quite a few. Uh, but you know, it, it's uh, they're supposed to be the ultimate, you know. Uh, like genocidal maniacs, but but these these people, it really is true. It's pro, total projection. Everything they accuse their, their their enemies of doing, they do. They're dreaming about doing. You know, they have done it, are doing it, or will do it. Yeah, this this the human shield thing is something uniquely uh, Jewish. I don't see that anywhere else. Um, I don't I I don't see that anywhere else um, in. Um, in in history and it's and it's one of the it, it's it, again it's all the big lie i mean it's all about the big lie and we're, we'll get into the big lie here again you know i mean you guys all know what the big lie is but i mean this 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 latest thing with the hospital is is like the one of the greatest examples of it i've seen um anyway so biden uh now he does the old this is an old fdr thing this is an old um lbj thing and that's why i say joe biden is in the finest tradition and he knows he is He's in the finest tradition of of FDR and LBJ. He says this. He says, I know these conflicts can seem far away, and it's natural to ask, why does this matter to America? Now, again, people can go watch. I did a show. Actually, I forget even which one it was. Just go watch the Frank Capra series, Why We Fight. It's on YouTube. And the final segment of the last one, War Comes to America where they make that case. Why do we have to fight the dictators? Is it because of our natural sympathy for oppressed people? Is it because of our love of freedom? Is it because we're so good that we have to fight evil? Partially, but the real reason is because we are threatened. And then they they outline this ridiculous scenario where little Germany and little Japan and little Italy somehow like managed to take over all of the world and, and America is left facing all of Africa, Asia, and Europe combined under these the the, the uh, Axis powers, and America is left to f- face them off alone. And and you and I watched uh, uh, that series of Vietnam War films, and there's this one. Uh, it's a it's a, an American propaganda film called Why Vietnam, and it's based on an LBJ um, statement where he's reading uh, a letter from a mother. Who's like, why are we fighting in Vietnam? And he asks the question, why Vietnam? Vietnam, and he goes through and he basically outlines the history of World War II, and he outlines the history specifically of the um, the the Sudetenland, the Czech crisis, you know, the dissolution, the 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 uh, what do you call it? The uh, the thing was Czechoslovakia, where Czechoslovakia was dissolved, and the uh, the pact there. Yeah, and that was in 1938, and he talks about the appeasers and how this didn't do any good and how it just made the world more dangerous. And the reason why we have to go fight in Vietnam is basically because dictators are threatening the world, and it's, it's in our interest as Americans to go fight them. Well, you know, it sounds this 
sounds ridiculous to us, listen to this, but never underestimate the stupidity, uh, the gullibility of people. I just had a guy tell me today, a local guy, that there's uh, 50,000 Iranian troops on the other side of the Ohio River. And he was serious. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. They're, 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 who, they're, who, who was that? I don't want to say, but. Uh, is it somebody? It, it's, it's nobody you know by name, but, uh, you know. But anyway, I, I, I was doing something, uh, a chore, and I bumped into this guy, and he, he told me this. But, I mean, people believe, they, they, they really are like medieval peasants. They believe anything. Hoop snakes, uh, you know, like that Barney Fife thing, you know, don't let a bat it'll get in your hair and lay eggs and stuff like you that. You'll go crazy. And you'll go crazy from bat eggs. And you, I mean, people... So, so when these guys talk this stuff, this nonsense that to us on its face is so ridiculous, there's millions of people that they're just, oh, well, yeah, you know. I mean, why do they keep electing these bastards if they don't, they don't, you know, believe this shit? Well, yeah, I, I mean, this, this is, it, it's like, the interesting thing is they still have to couch it in terms of, so there's certain constants to this, to this propaganda. That, that over 80 years you see. And again, they can be disproven. And I, I, I think there is a certain, I mean, I wish, like you said, we don't have the megaphone to do it. That's really what it comes down to. They have the, they have the megaphone, they have the voice, and we don't. And we can't make the case. But, uh, they still ultimately, as, as blatant as he is being about, like, I went to Israel to grovel at the Jews because I worship the Jews and this is a Jewish global em- world empire, and by God, we're going to keep it that way. Um, he still has to use the, the word democracy, first of all, which is, again, that that's, goes back to the First World War, make the first world safe for democracy, century the self, Edward Bernays, you guys all know it by now, you've heard me say it a million times. These are war slogans invented by Jews, Edward Bernays, Walter Lippmann. Bernays was a former press agent. I mean, these are lying Jews who developed, who invented modern uh, propaganda techniques of, of particularly public relations, the field of public relations, um, and were, with the Committee on Public Information, the, the drivers behind the propaganda of the First World War, America's drive to war. And we are still running on that same power source. We're still... Uh, the, the the basic thing of democracy is still there. But then the second thing is this idea, it's why does this matter for America? He says, so let me tell you why making sure Israel and Ukraine succeed is vital for America's national security. So it's the principles of democracy we're fighting for, but it's also vital for America's national security. And he says, History has taught us when terrorists don't pay a price for their terror, when dictators don't pay a price for aggression, they cause more chaos and death and more destruction. They keep going, etc. So it's interesting here, he is now combining the World War II propaganda against dictators with the post-9-11 George Bush propaganda against terrorists, and we have them now in this, in this address He's threaded the needle where they are they are actually uh, linked now. Yeah. Terrorists and dictators together. So it's like, again, this is like the greatest hits. You know, America's greatest hits. I mean, you're playing playing well, the old it, it song. Wor- it works on enough people. You know, they, 
they get people conditioned. There, there's certain uh, words that they just it just triggers a response, you know. And so when you say, "Oh, you know, we let a dictator get away with aggression," it's like, "Oh, oh, yeah, I I, I know about that." I, you, know, you know, we let Hitler and Mussolini. You know, I mean, it's it's just it it works. It works on these people. It's it, it's pathetic, but it, it works. Yeah, I was going to pull up the big lie quote here uh, when we talk about the hospital because it's so bears repeating so well. But it's funny because I found a thing of a Hitler. This is chapter 10 of Mein Kampf. He says, in journalistic circles, one usually prefers to call the press a great power of the state. Its importance is truly enormous. It cannot be overestimated. It is indeed actually the continuation of the education of youth in the advanced age. Thereby, one can divide the readers as a whole into three groups. First, those who believe everything they read. Secondly, those who no longer believe anything. Thirdly, those who critically examine what they have read and judge accordingly. He says the first group is numerically by far the greatest. <laughs> it consists of the great masses of the people and therefore represents the mentally simplest part of the nation. But it cannot at all be expressed in terms of professions, but at the most, utmost, general grades of intelligence. To it belong all those to whom independent thinking is neither inborn nor instilled by education, and who, partly through inability and partly through incompetence, believe everything that is put before them printed in black and white. Also those lazy bones who belong to it, who are well able to think for themselves, but who, out of sheer mental inertia... <laughs> gratefully pick up anything that someone else has thought before with the modest assumption that the latter will probably have exercised the right kind of effort. <laughs> oh my God. If you're hearing this, then you're only getting half the show. Did you know that the right stuff.biz is 100% listener funded? Thanks to this censorship machine, this project can only be sustained by listeners like you, by supporters like you. So why don't you get behind the paywall at the right stuff.biz slash paywall. And show the powers that be that they can't silence the most silenced. He says, now with all these people who represent the great masses, the influence of the press will be <coughs> enormous. They are not in a position, nor do they wish personally, to examine what is offered to them so that their entire attitude towards all current problems can be led back almost exclusively to the outward influence of others. This may be advantage in the case of their enlightenment is carried out by sincere and truth-loving party, but it is evil as soon as scoundrels or liars do it. I like how honest Hitler always was. In other words, he's saying there, most people are dumb and believe anything they read. So with those people, it's, it can be, that's a good thing if, if we get in power and we just tell them what to think, the right stuff to think. Yeah. But it's bad if, if the bad people are telling them what to think. Well, it's stuff like, like, like the flag. The flag, you know, uh, I know the Vietnam uh, period. There was a big thing about burning the flag. You know, it was uh, and 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 patriot patriot tards. Uh, it's you know, it's actually a good instinct. The flag is supposed to represent your nation, your people, and 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 uh, you don't want to see it uh, dishonor brought to it. That's that's a healthy instinct. But people are so simple. It's like this, you know, little Red Riding Hood story for nurse, nursery rhymes. It's that's not your grandmother. It's a wolf wearing your grandmother's clothes. You know, yeah. I mean, how simple can you be not to notice that? How simple can you not 
be, or how simple can you be to not see that it's not a great patriot that's wrapped in a flag, it's a, a scheming Jew, international Jew. He, he jumps to then the second group. I'll get back to Biden in a second, but now Hitler's got me pulled pulled off. I'm I'm like I'm like that meme where the guy's checking out the other the other girl. He's with the girl. I'm trying to read this Biden statement, but now I got the Hitler book in front of me, so now I'm checking out the Hitler book. The second group, he says, is much smaller, composed of the greater part of elements which first which first belonged to the first group, and who after long and bitter disappointments changed over to the contrary and believe no longer in anything at all that comes in the form of print before their eyes. They hate every newspaper. Either they do not read it at all or they are annoyed at the contents without exception since their opinion is composed only, in their opinion, it's composed only of lies and untruths. These people are very difficult to handle as they will also always face the truth mistrustingly. Therefore, they are lost to every positive work. That's really interesting because you see that in right-wing circles. Like I see it in comments sections all the time with right-wing stuff where it's like they don't believe in people who don't believe anything anymore. And, and, and these are the ones that, that jump, that, that will believe any like conspiracy about COVID. They will believe any kind of wild conspiracy about anything. They believe that what Hamas did was a false flag, that Israel controls Hamas, well, that, that, that Israel that, knew that, what that was probably happening. explains a guy that believes that there's 50,000 Iranian troops, uh, uh, 200 miles, 250 miles from here. Yeah. Because, you know, he's, he's smart enough. He knows that the, the press is uh, the media is just a bunch of anti-white, anti-American liars. Right. So he doesn't believe that. So then, when some somebody else tells him, "Oh yeah, th- th- you know, there's all these Iranians over there," he's he's you know he'll go for that. He'll believe that because it's not in the press. So it's a good chance it's true. Well, that's what's funny. That Hitler says these people are very difficult to handle, as they will also always face the truth mistrustingly. You know, because this is your this is this is also like the people out there who are like, oh, NJP, that's 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 Jews, that's controlled by, that, that's feds. You know, it's once people get in that mindset where people telling them the truth, they don't fucking believe. You know, they don't believe honest men telling them the truth because they're so paranoid and mistrustful that they don't believe anything. Yeah. There are so many people like that in kooky right wing circles, and some. If you get into the kooky fringes of left wing circles, you'll find it too, and that that really. I think that that is the, uh, like, those two camps that Hitler's talking about there are what the Jews try to divide people into. It's like, try to get them to believe, without question, the propaganda that we sell. If they if they won't believe the Democrat propaganda, we'll then get them on Fox News and they'll believe the Republican propaganda or the New York Daily you know Post or whatever. But if we can't get them either one to, to believe wholeheartedly those propping, then drive them crazy. Then yeah. make them, like Mike has been saying for years, make them crazy so that they believe everything is, you know, pizza parlors or secret uh, child grooming <laughs> schemes of the Illuminati and the lizard people. Make them fucking nuts so that they don't believe anything. So this when when a sane man comes to them with the actual truth, they don't believe it. They're so paranoid that they want to go back and hide in their bunker. Well, and both, both camps benefits the enemy, you know, because, yeah, they're neutralized. They're neutralized, they're yeah. neutralized. And it's like, uh, and it's also for the individual, it's a free pass out of, from doing anything. You Always. Know? That's what it oh, is. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, oh, that's, that, that, that's, that's a gay op. Oh, they're, they're feds. Oh, this, oh, that, uh, you know. Uh, 
you know, well, it doesn't make the Jews are all powerful. Everything's a gay op and a fed operation. The, the only thing that makes sense is to do nothing. Right. So anyway, uh, back to Biden now, away from Hitler and back to Biden. Um, he says, uh, if we don't stop Putin's appetite for power and control in Ukraine, he won't just limit himself to Ukraine. And he talks about Poland, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. Uh, and he tells what's funny is he says, he won't just stop with Ukraine. And then he says, these are all NATO allies. NATO has kept the peace and been the cornerstone of American security. If Putin attacks a NATO ally, we will defend every inch of NATO, which the treaty calls for. Um, what's funny about that is he's basically saying, if Putin succeeds in Ukraine, he won't stop with Ukraine. He'll go in all the countries that we now control yeah. all over Eastern Europe. Like, well, yeah, no, I'm sure everybody's seen him. All you have to do is Google, uh, Google image American uh, military installations around the world. And then do it for, for uh, Russian military installations. I mean, the United States is everywhere on Putin's border, you know? And, and uh, I mean, it's just insane. Well, again, it, it, you know, that doesn't explain, it's like that doesn't explain how uh, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania are all in America's interests to, I mean, basically what the scenario he's outlining there is like World War Three, you know, between NATO and Russia over countries in Eastern Europe, and we've already had at least one world war start over East, the situation in Eastern Europe. But anyway, he says, if we walk away and let Putin erase Ukraine's independence, would-be aggressors around the world would be emboldened to try to try the same. It would l risk conflict and chaos could spread. In other words, we got to control everything. Because if we don't, Somebody will think that they can control well, you, something. You, Ukraine's independence was was lost when that Jewish junta took over. You right, know, right? But they, but they don't naturally don't look at it that way, right? Uh, and then he he talks about Iran as the link that Iran is supporting Russia and Ukraine, and it's also supporting uh, Hamas. So again, Iran. Once again, we come back to Iran as like the arch enemy of of the world, the Jewish world order. Um. Anyway, I'll skip ahead because this is such such bullshit. But it's just interesting that he still has to try to tie it back to American security. We can make these arguments. That's the interesting thing about this. We can argue whether or not what Israel is doing is democratic, whether or whether, for that matter, Ukraine is democratic, or for that matter, whether the United States is democratic. It's not. Uh, and we always have to hammer that argument and make that point. Um, but then also this national security argument is worth taking at face value and, and really dismantling, I think. Uh, it's, it's one of these things. It's, it's the other way around. It's, it's the exact opposite. By extending ourselves, by, by in, in involving America in these conflicts, it makes Americans less safe. And this is one of those things that they try to always point back to the Second World War. But it's like even then you have to – that's the problem. You have to make the argument there. What was it three, four hundred thousand Americans died in the Second World War? 400, close, close to four hundred. It was between three and four hundred thousand. Um, if we had just not gone to war, would those four hundred thousand guys lived? Would they have died in some other war? I mean, was was Hitler getting ready to land troops in in uh, you know North Carolina? 
was Japan for that matter? I mean, Japan was not is not going to cross the Pacific Ocean to try to uh, take over the United States. So it's like it's one of these things where well, it's like the logic is self justifying. You know, it's self justifying. It's like this horrible war where we destroyed Europe and where we we lost you know like half a million guys of our own of our own people. Well, that just shows, you know, why it was necessary for us to do that. Wait, why? Why did we have to do that? Why did we have to do that? See, the funny thing is, no one who criticizes Biden, who is not a Nazi, is going to make that argument. You know? Trump's not going to make that argument. Anyone even more populist than Trump. I mean, Pat Buchanan maybe would make that argument. He made that argument that we didn't need to get involved in World War II. I was just talking about that in England. But it's like, if you're not willing to make that argument, then then Biden's, the, the logic to Biden's worldview is very strong and consistent. That's what I'm saying. It, it, well, you know, we can debunk all these points that he made, including stuff like how he's you know, uh, have to treat the Palestinians with respect they need, you know, and all this, all this, uh, this nod to the Palestinians' uh, wishes, which, you know, and then just look at the record, look at the record for the last, for, for the last 50, 60 years. Uh, but once again, our problem is a platform, a, a, an effective platform where we can reach enough people, uh, Right now, we're just chipping away. The stuff's it's getting out there. It's important we keep doing it. And like you were saying, we affect people who uh, even have like maybe uh, a, a larger uh, audience than we do. That there's people paying attention to what to what we say, and it's influencing them because we're we're here, you know. So uh, it's important we do what we're doing, but. It, it, it's uh, we're really at a disadvantage because we can't reach more people, right? Well, he he talks about this uh, aid shipment, humanitarian shipment. How he secured this humanitarian shipment. So, in other words, he said to the Israelis, "This is really bad optics. What you're doing." Um, now we looked at the numbers. They are sending twenty trucks. <laughs> twenty trucks are going crossing the Rafa. The, the border crossing with Egypt. They've Rafa. allowed them in. And they've allowed they in unloaded and 20 trucks of humanitarian, so food, water, and medical supplies. For over 2 million people. For two, over 2 million people. Hamas, or Hamas, Gaza was receiving, what was it, 450 400. a day. 450 truckloads a day. That's what was getting in before this all started. When it was already under a blockade. It was a blockade. Yes. It was a blockade, and it was taking 450 trucks a day to sustain the people of Gaza. And they said, we saw a Deutsche Welle report on this, it's a drop in the ocean. 20 trucks is a drop in the ocean. So They said they they need 100 a day for like the bare minimum minimum. of, of, you know. 100 a day. And this is a one-time thing of 20, 20 trucks. trucks. So it's an absolutely token thing. And, and you know, it's in the South. So it's also part of the thing to – they're still working on this mass expulsion from the North, from the Northern ones coming down to the South. How, so, how far North are 20 trucks going to get yeah. in, in a population that's that uh, dense and that desperate? Right. Anyway, then he moves on and he talks about 
racism, a rise in anti-Semitism here in America, and he also mentions Islamophobia. But, but, but I just got to say, that, that's a typical Jew thing to do, is like, you know, negotiate, negotiate about getting aid in to, to Gaza, getting in, and, and, they've, and they finally, hard negotiations, okay, yeah, well, okay, we, you know, we, we're giving in, we're going to let 20 trucks in. I mean, that's a, that's a real Jew thing. That's what they've been doing with this peace talks all along, you know, taking like five years of negotiations, come to some kind of agreement about uh, no new settlements uh, or Jewish settlers here, and then it's immediately, they immediately break it, okay, the whole deal's off. I mean, that's just how they operate. Yeah. Um. Did you know that the rightstuff.biz is 100% listener-funded? The only reason you're hearing this right now is because you're only getting half the show. There's so much content you're missing, and you'll never hear these ads again if you get behind the paywall at the rightstuff.biz slash paywall. Yeah, he, he, uh, I'm going to talk about that 9 11 uh, narrative because he talked about this 9 11 uh, narrative. He mentioned 9 11 again and how we reacted to 9 11, and they've been all, um, Talking about that. This is something I saw uh, Crystal and Sagar talking about, and they keep bringing up 9-11 and how Israel doesn't want to make the mistakes that we made after 9-11. But guys, we're coming up on the one-hour mark. Um, I'm going to end hour one here, and we'll pick this up. We'll probably go for another hour and a half on the second half. If you are not a subscriber to the rightstuff.biz, please sign up. This is how we're able to keep putting this out there, all this stuff. And it actually uh, has, is very important in times like these um, to push back. Uh, you know, they are 24-7 with their, with their lies and their bullshit and their propaganda. So we have to be on top of it, putting stuff out there, spreading the message out Counter- all over. Countering their narrative. Yeah, everywhere we can. So... Again, please subscribe, support the right stuff.biz. I will see subscribers on the other side uh, of the hour here.